everybody? Welcome back to Voices from the Mausoleum. In today's episode of Top 5 Influential Horror, we have horror author Adam Hulse. Hey. <laughs> um, Adam is somebody that I actually met through Tasha, and then I started reading his books, and now we're, I guess, we'll say friends. Yeah, we're friends. Adam gives me a hard time, but we're friends. Okay. Ah, friendship, isn't it? Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> That's okay. I can take it. All right. So, um, yeah. So your first influential horror on your list was Event Horizon. Yeah. Um, I think with Event Horizon kind of is one of those films that I find sometimes just completely forget about, mm -hmm. even though for a long time it was like my favorite movie. Yeah. And then yeah. I just kind of forget all about it because it was what, 97? And yeah. Um, yeah and then it's one of those when i think when i remember it, i think god that's a good film and then i start pestering people and like have you seen event horizon and then i end up revisiting it and thinking you know god you're definitely right up there for you know are the better kind of horrors yeah but yeah. from personal point of view of influencing me i think um it really did influence me in that it does have um, a kind of Britishness to to um, a lot of the production and a lot of the writing. It does remind me of kind of Clive Barker. It's kind of like Clive Barker in space. It feels a bit like there's very much a lot going on that is quite reminiscent of the Hell the Hellraiser films. Yeah. And with with regards to the vision of hell, is just. You know, you get those almost subliminal images of kind of Sados torture stuff, and it's like, you know, it changes the film into something else entirely. I think. Um, yeah. But it's just a really, really good idea, uh, a good kind of example of um, how science fiction and horror can really meld together and become something special if you get it right. Yeah. I don't think don't think there's enough of them. Um, because they probably live in the shadow of kind of Alien and the Aliens franchise a little bit. But, yeah. you know, I think that's why I love Event Horizon is because it's pretty, it's quite a brave, ambitious film. Um, and I think, you know, uh, it, it achieves this really unsettling story uh, yeah. that it sets out to do and, you know, and also you think you you think you know what's going on with it right um, and then it's just so it's weird you know it's a freaky little film yes uh, yeah so it's just yeah you know, if you haven't seen it you've got to see it because like you say it's if you're a sci-fi fan you'll like it if you're a horror fan you'll like it if you like both you'll probably love you really it. love it yeah i actually had to read this was the only one on your list that i needed to revisit because i hadn't seen it and i god i don't even know how long yeah. um and so i rewatched it and it's crazy to think because so yeah so it came out in 97 and it's still like considering the time frame and it's like you said it's a big i mean it's it's pretty ambitious it still holds up pretty well as far yeah. as 
discomfort and the effects and the, you know, all of the pieces in the ship, like just the science fiction elements are, they're really, they've really held up for it to be, yeah. you know, 2022. Like, um, and I, it's funny you said that about Clive Barker. I didn't even think about that because it kind of reminded, it kind of makes me think now of like um, Into the Mouth of Madness, but like in space. Because Sam yeah. Neill, I don't know, like it just kind of, yeah. So that's a good point too. I, I really liked it. I, I really like science fiction horror, but I agree that it's a it's a hard line to manage. I think it ends up most of the time it ends up falling just way over into the sci-fi side of things, and then you kind of lose, you know, the horror and translation. But this one did do it really well. It's very well balanced between the two. Yeah, I think it's probably its strongest point aside from the writing. Yes. And they do and they do yeah. have some kind of heavy hitters on the acting side with yes. Sam Neill and Lawrence Fishburne. But also mm -hmm. I think what really stands the test of time is the sets are absolutely fantastic no they are you know the um, you know the set design i think is what they invested heavily in on yes. on the actual ship um, yeah i think that's really what's give it this timeless kind of quality yeah it shows that that's where they put the effort but it's not the only thing that has effort either but yeah it's it's really well done i Really, yeah. I started watching it and I was thinking I, I got to some parts and I was like, maybe I never maybe I really didn't see this, but I think it had just been so long. But it actually I was going to ask you, it made me think of another movie. Have you ever seen Pandorum with Ben Foster and Dennis Quaid? It's really uh, similar to this, like, like so similar, in fact, that I was like rewatching and I was like, well, this is clearly where it got a lot of its influence. But it's a it's a science fiction horror in space. It's got Cam. I forgot how to say his last name, the guy from Twilight. But um, it's it's a, it's a basically a, a science fiction horror about going crazy in space. But it was which is what Pandora means. Um, yeah. But it, it's very similar. So I feel like it might be something maybe you'd want to see if you hadn't yeah. seen it. But, no, um, I don't think yeah, that's a good one. It's a little bit older, but I actually really like Ben Foster. I think he's a really good actor and he's not in a lot of stuff. So, well, he is, but not a lot of stuff that I'm like horror wise that I want to watch. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, I was just curious if you'd seen it because it reminded me like it's very obvious from the ship and some of the scenarios that happened that like they obviously have seen Event Horizon. Yeah. It's like where they got their influence. So that one was, um, I just was like, I need to ask about that because I thought it was similar. But yeah, Event Horizon is a good one. It's very effective even, even now. I, I mean, yeah, I, it made me really uncomfortable even remembering things that were going to happen. I was kind of mm. like, uh, you know, um, yeah, that's a good one. Okay. Um, yeah, so the second one on your list was Aliens. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really good being old. Um, <laughs> Good because any sort of you know feeling that you're ever cool, you just get stripped of that, you know. So you don't even try. Um, you just give up. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> I went for aliens, um, and I think there's this thing where this kind of you know people are like you're either in the alien camp mm -hmm. or you're in the aliens camp. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I I love both of them, but mm -hmm, the fact of the matter is, from a kind of age perspective, this was, you know, this really was Aliens really was in my kind of formulative years. You know, um, I was a young kid, mm -hmm. and I remember, you know, playing a game 
um, with my group of friends and we were all like, I think one of them had seen it with his older brothers and he was telling us all about it. And he was yeah. like, you be Hudson, you're Hicks. And we didn't have a clue what he you know, but we were but like pretending, <laughs> sure. pretending to like hunt aliens in the woods and stuff like that. Um, and, and then obviously then, you know, as was the custom back then, you know, you sneaked around to a friend's house and yeah. the dad had a copy of the video and you'd watch it and you wasn't supposed yeah. to watch it. Um, yeah. It, you know, it, it just blew me away. Um, I remember, you know, back then, it, you know, it was quite scary. I think from a kind of fear factor now, it doesn't seem at all scary. But right. as a kid, I was like, oh, geez. And and, yeah. also, <laughs> and the main reason for that, and which is probably why, you know, when you read my stuff, you can tell that it influenced me. It, it doesn't hold back on who you actually think are going to be the survivors. You know, they just get... You know, they just that you think all these kind of tough space marines are going to go in and kick ass, and it's you know, because bear in mind, I was like getting brought up on like Arnie films, and it was all like, yeah, there's the there's the kind of macho lead, and yeah. they're going to save the day, and it's just going to be all to cool action. And actually, it was you know, I think probably the first time where you know, I, I was exposed to. A really strong female lead mm-hmm. or in a really you know in a really cool way uh, yes you know yeah. because you, obviously you've got uh, vasquez as one of the part of the macho kind of contingent yes yeah. um and and then you've got obviously you, you have ripley who's already survived mm-hmm. and wasn't you know wasn't meant to survive but she survived and then right. she's going back for more and mm-hmm. She's crazy intelligent, yet there's a real vulnerability there, and 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 I think that's important when writing strong female leads. It's a lot more believable that you're not going to yeah. be, you know, a kind of ruthless Vasquez kind of figure. It's more. I I only think she agrees to go back on this mission because she's having these reoccurring nightmares of yeah. the bursting out of her chest and she knows this is never going to end for me unless yeah. I kind of destroy them and just kind of put it to bed um, and it's just such a really interesting um, you know journey uh, you know mm. as someone watching a movie where it gets flipped completely on its head and all yeah. you know the team gets decimated and, and actually the person who was almost ridiculed at the beginning of the film by the space marines like who's this clown you know who's she to tell us? She's actually just kicked so <laughs> jazz to the yeah, point. Yeah. You know, she comes <laughs> out on that like crane thing. And you're just like, oh my god, yeah, that's <laughs> you know, true. It's just, it's just incredible, and and yeah. and obviously, you know, it's successful in a way that you forget how you know it's 1986. Mm-hmm. You look at all the films that follow. And, and how many people how many of them have used parts of 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 aliens mm-hmm. uh, film even down to you know just the technology yeah. like that happens with science fiction you know sure. kind of invents things and they, they become reality but there's a lot yeah. of things that you know were seen for the first time in that film and we now take it for granted because it's just like it stuff's everywhere it's everywhere. It was really yeah. groundbreaking stuff and 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 I think that's why it's probably one of the films I've seen the most uh, in my in my life. And I think you know 
that's probably why because um you go back to it and i mean I, I, when putting this list together i made sure i went back and you know and and rewatched all of them and yeah i was i was just watching it thinking god this is you know it's still so good it's so you know there's a few you know there's a few corny bits i mean i think sure. hudson, hudson is like kind of purposely corny you know because we yes he's, right he's the journey of you know the kind of macho man to a kind of gibbering jellyfish you know by the end yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean where he's just kind of spouting yeah. nonsense and the, slapping him across the face like and it's kind of we're in like you know in the 50s yeah. and it used to be you know the slap across uh, the female lead's face pull yourself together it was kind of the, this yeah, macho man was just slapped across the face and it was like pull yourself together and you know it's just it was just really groundbreaking stuff for me um and yeah that kind of relentless behavior of the aliens you know you just can't stop them and and that's the horror of it for me it's just there's always at the end of the film there's that mm, there's still one alive it's not yeah it's alive. not over yeah and you know it just influenced me so much yeah, I, I'm a fan of the Alien franchise in general. Um, Ripley is is one of my favorite final girls. I think one thing that I appreciate, you know, being older and now that I'm a mother, I think one of the, because one of the other themes that happens in that franchise is kind of revolves around like um, these weird tie-ins with the concept of motherhood. Mm -hmm. And so like, just, I think I just appreciate her on a much different level now in general as a character um, yeah. from start to finish, because she, none of these things, like to your point, adding this, this like touch of vulnerability and like her being super androgynous, which is a hundred percent on purpose, you know, all of these things like, and the, these motherhood themes, like all of those things together, they didn't make her weak. Like, society no. pushes that it does you know like yeah. and, and that's a really long rabbit hole i won't go down that one but it's one of those things where it's like you know you you get treated so much differently once you become a mother than beforehand and you get so much you know like and and the women that are in horror you know before certain times and even sometimes now like it's just a very interesting um dynamic change as far yeah. as what we're seeing as the viewer for this strong female lead well, I think that what's important is she's not taken seriously. No. You know, you as the viewer will have, nine times out of ten, if you, you know, I watched Alien after I watched Aliens just because of my age. But oh, if, you've, yeah. if you've seen Alien, you take Ripley serious. But here's a character who is the sole survivor and is a kind of expert on these things. Yep. Um, <clears throat> through the nightmare situation. Mm -hmm. Has been kind of on ice and gone into the future and society hasn't even still hasn't moved on and she's still not taken seriously. And mm -hmm. I, and I think, you know, that's very much on purpose. Um, yeah, I agree. Like, like you said, you know, it's about that, um, oh, you know, this, this, this female, what, you know, what, what she doesn't know what she's talking about. Um, you know, they have that, they have that meeting around the kind of in the boardroom. Yeah. Trying to warn them, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the Wayland Enterprise or whatever, and and yeah, and there, there are all these kind of like, I think there's one kind of, um, there's also like you know it's all like the kind of corporate old guys kind of exchanging looks and eye rolls of like oh this you know, because mm -hmm. ultimately they're only interested in the money side of it, but also hundred percent right. yeah, know, it's because they don't take her seriously, yeah, um, 
and I think that is the message. Yeah, I, I really like, I think that, I think, yeah, all of that is done on purpose. And it, it's interesting to your point to bring it like, it is later and it's still really far behind as far as the way that they think and act. And I, yeah, I think, um, yeah, Ripley is, Ripley has been a, uh, one of my favorite final girls for a really long time. Um, I just, I appreciate so much of what they did with her art from the beginning. Like she just, uh, yeah. she, and it's, and it's crazy. Cause like, it, I think when you're a horror fan in general, you go through stages of appreciation for things that are meaningful to you anyway. So like, I have different appreciations for things that I saw, you know, 20 years ago and beyond, like things that I saw, like just being an adult is so different now. Um, yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah. So the, uh, the next one on your list, I'm really excited about is 28 days later. Oh God. Yeah. That's a great one. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, um, <clears throat> later than I think, I think it's probably the newest one out of all my picks, um, I think. It is. But, um, yeah, I I'm, I'm, I love zombie films anyway. Um, yeah. And I'm a huge Alex Garland fan. Um, yeah. I read his first novel, uh, The Tesseract, and then he wrote The Beach, which is a great mm -hmm. book, not so great film. Yeah, I didn't but like the movie. Because he got so much money for uh, writing The Beach, he then just was like, right, I'm just mm -hmm. going to write for the screen mm -hmm. instead. And I think Danny Boyle, who is obviously the director of 20 Days Later, mm -hmm. took, him under, took him under his wing a little bit because mm -hmm. uh, both British guys um, and, you know, the rest is kind of history. And I think... Now Alex Garland is, you know, he's going kind of on his own a little bit and flourishing. Mm -hmm. But I think this was obviously a massive part of his development and, a, you know, and a very talented guy. But, but for me, the main thing as a kind of zombie movie fan was this just is one of those reinvented um, the genre a little bit. Yeah, I agree. So used to shuffling zombies. Um, we think, well, as long as I don't walk down a dead end, uh, fine. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> uh, yeah. And then the first time that you actually encounter um, the people that have got, like, you know, this virus, who are mm -hmm. very much, you know, alike into zombies. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> as soon as uh, Cillian Murphy kind of sees them coming, and then there's just this mob of them sprinting down the street after him. As a viewer, it was like, oh, no. Shit. No, no, no. Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, why would you do it? It's like, yeah, it's like if if you don't like a particular animal and then you find one of them that's got wings as well. It's yeah. like, oh, 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 you know, it's like cockroaches are bad. And then, yeah. and then when they, but then when they fly, it's like, oh, I was God. just thinking the exact same yeah. thing in my Everyone head. Oh, God. Like, you know, even yeah. I'm like, oh, they're in my hair. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I was I was thinking the exact same thing as soon as you said that. Oh, yeah, that's so true. Ooh. But yeah, it's just such, you know, it, it, it's just such a good film. It, it really is. Um, yeah. And, and I think, um, you know, there's some there's some key things in the, you know, about halfway through the film um, when they meet up with the military, um, and yeah. you think, oh, and you again, it's one of those. Oh, they'll look after them. 
and then actually there's this kind of they're the indication of how fall the you know how far society has fell yep because you know the potential rapists and you know the the, the hell holding them against the will and yep. making them making the women even the young girl were a dress and you're just thinking oh my god and it's mm. just they're kind of there as like what you think's going to protect you is actually now part of the problem because society is just gone yeah but There's another reason for i think why i really got locked in is because those motorway scenes um where they're getting towards that area mm-hmm. um and also where the kind of father figure guy ends up getting like the blood in his eye and it's just heartbreaking so um, heartbreaking yeah that the, all that kind of motorway section is quite near where i'm i live so oh okay that's when cool we was not, you know watching it it was like oh because it made oh, it feel yeah. even more real it was like you know just like keep, i know where that you know, is checking through my curtains like <laughs> we're at running zombies yeah, but, yeah 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 well yeah so i i think it was like you know i think because it was it was refreshing to see it you know in the uk and it was then even more because it was actual regional you know location um some of it to me yeah um but mainly the concept you know the concepts just just a really good concept and um i think it quite quickly goes through the the gears going to pieces as soon as there's you know conflict I think that's the you know a real good draw. It doesn't waste any time. Um, it runs along at the kind of same pace as the zombies. Um, in that, you know, everything goes to shit quite quickly. Quickly, and, and you know, and the, yeah, and and I think that you know the way that obviously the lead character was coming out of a coma, so it's like it's allowed all this to happen while he's you know been unconscious, and then it's kind of woke to this nightmare. Um, it's just, it, you know, and also the Walking Dead then end up, you know, they kind of stole that whole idea with, you know, their main character also being in a coma and yeah. things go south while he's in a coma. I think it's pretty, bra- yeah. you know, blatantly ripped off. Um, but it's a great idea because, you know, it, it, it just kind of fast forwards to when things have gone crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm a huge Cillian Murphy fan. I'm like a huge, like, I love him. I watch pretty much any, I, I loved him as a uh, scarecrow. I love him in Peaky Blinders is like one of my favorite shows. I watch anything if he's in it, he's phenomenal. Um, Red Eye, I loved him in that. Like, um, but I think this is my introduction to him and was also yeah. like, a, like a, like a game changing zombie because of the, the, the pace. Um, and just, um, and I think I, uh, most of the time when it comes to stuff that has to do with zombies or monsters, I generally like stuff that's, about people. And I think that's a lot of what this is. This shows a lot of the trust and the distrust and the trying to disconnect yourself from being too human in a world that isn't anymore. And then you add the military component and you're just, and it's so crazy because as awful as those things are, they're just so realistic. Like, and it's hard to ignore the discomfort of that reality being a thing that could happen, you know? And I, yeah, 20 days later is, is one of my favorites. And I actually, I liked the other one too, but this one was definitely like a, you know, like really good. Yeah. I rewatched um, 28 weeks later. Weeks. Um, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I watched that a few months ago and I actually, pref- I, I, I think I, I liked it more this time around. I think, yeah, I, I was a bit disappointed at the time because it wasn't quite as good. 
Yeah. Um, but then actually watching it um, this time, I can actually see what the vision was um, mm -hmm. for what they were trying to do. And again, it's about, you know, they fast forwarded it a little bit more. Yes. But, you know, it, I think the, how these films operate is you can watch the news and kind of in between the two news stories, you can see this narrative kind of existing in mm -hmm. the way that the government react to things, how people react to things, mm -hmm. you know, the pandemic. Um, and, and, yeah. and that certainly is what, you know, influenced my writing that that's kind of what gave me the, you know, the kick in the backside to, to finish, um, what was a novel at the time, um, was was just seeing the worst in people seeing the best in some people but the majority it was the worst and i thought at the time this is this stuff of horror it yeah really is. it really is and mm -hmm. and i think 28 days later really was an introduction to that for me so yeah. that all these years later in 2020 when you're getting all these footages of people just ransacking stores and just not looking after each other and it just started thinking it was quite unsettling you know i wasn't expecting zombies to be running down the street but i was thinking you yeah know, this is this is just showing us what we really are but then you know same way with my writing there's always going to be people that are just absolute you know just wonderful people mm -hmm. they're so selfless they're so and because they're in the minority you know yeah and, and i think in 28 days later, I think that's the kind of father figure who they meet in the block of flats. He's just yeah. a good guy. He's just yes. a nice guy. And he's, you know, he's just a, he's just a kind of a dad and he, he just wants to help people. Mm -hmm. um, he's not naive about it, but he's just kind of trying to protect this kid. And, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, and that's why it's, you know, so, so like sketchy when, you know, he gets, infected and it's just like uh it just bums you out so much yeah yeah that one's a hard like one of my favorite scenes in that movie is when they go through the grocery store that's like one of my favorite because this the scene the movie is broken up into a couple of like really just happy calm like whoo kind of moments you know yeah. and and that was like that's like one of my favorite like human moments because like that's something i also feel like i can see myself doing or someone i know doing yeah. and and it was such a like a i think that part really like i guess kind of like cemented my like connection to these characters as yeah. human beings in this like end of the world scenario kind of thing exactly and i think that's where you can see alex garland as you know kind of writer you know or, yeah. of, of novels where he you can actually see chapters within the film mm -hmm. and like you say yes. the, the important part you know about three quarters of the way through is a really kind of it just humanizes them mm -hmm. and it, you know it further makes you root for them and yes normality yeah you're just thinking oh i hope it works out for them and um you know that's just great writing and yes you know, yeah and, and and it, you know, it goes back to, although I was watching a film, it was, you know, by a writer that I admired. And for me, as you know, I'm a movie lover and, and that, you know, that influences my writing probably more than other writers do. You know, people, yeah. who, write, people who write for the screen tend to be, that's how I envision things when I am writing. Um, 
yeah what i try and write like because from an education point of view you know my college experience was kind of film studies and right. script, script writing and mm -hmm. things of that nature yeah so i think now you know with the kind of childhood kind of aliens and things like that and 28 yeah. days later it's all kind of in this melting pot and and you know yeah you can kind of watch that stuff and read my you know this work now and and, and you're gonna think yeah i can i can kind of tell um, yeah you you had said to me you had said um and i don't remember it like word for word but you had said that the reason that I, because I am such an avid movie person that that was why I was like, really like, it was so easy for me to get into your first mm -hmm. book when I first started it, because at the same time I was reading another one that was very slow. <laughs> and, um, this was like, it, it, a hundred percent reads like a movie, like, and, and I think, and I'm not, I'm obviously not the only one that feels that way, but I think you hit, you, you hit the nail right on the head with it. It's like, it, it is, it's cause you, you write it like a movie. Like that makes perfect sense. Yeah, and then and that's down to you know the pacing of it. You know, yes, it, it, it's the pace of it. I think my biggest fear is that people are going to read my stuff and be like, "This is boring." There, are, you know, I I I read obviously I, I read as much kind of indie writers, um, you know, who have met on Twitter. I I, I, got, yeah. I I'm I just continuously go around and I just accrue more really supportive people. Yeah, and and you know and I go out of my way to read their stuff, whether that be gothic, slow burn stuff. And and don't get me wrong, I, I read a lot of stuff and it's it's just so powerful and so colourful and well-constructed. Um, and I really enjoy it. But when I'm writing, I, I'd i be fooling myself if I said that's what I enjoy doing. Um, yeah. Because for me, this is, you know, I work for a living, I'm a dad this is this is a fun hobby for me mm -hmm. if you know at this point yeah no i know what you mean and you know if you're not having fun doing it then then don't get me wrong these people writing things that i've just mentioned there that is what they you know that they is love them. yeah but i don't think i read anything where it's kind of wrote to kind of order and i don't think sure i think indie writers are smart that they don't they have an identity of their own and they don't try and um, write what they think is going to sell. Um, sure. Because I think if you do that, you soon kind of feel pretty miserable about writing and you'll just yeah. go, back, you'll go back to doing what you were doing. And in my case, you know, at this point in time, I'm enjoying writing fast paced horror, yeah. plenty of, plenty of action. Um, mm -hmm. The, you know, well, if you scratch the surface, it's a social commentary, you know, it, it it's not about a pandemic. It's not about a virus, um, mm -hmm. but it's a, you know, my, my you know, the, the trilogy is essentially about human nature and it's about, you know, the people that you don't expect are the ones that become the heroes and the people that you were counting on are quite often the ones that let you down and that hurts the most. And that's what I like exploring. Um, just everyday people like, during the pandemic it was everyday people yes yeah. in, in, in this country it was you know the, the nhs um you know it was just people who were pulling double shifts um and putting their own lives on the line to help others and mm -hmm. it was just totally heroic um yeah. well the people you know the people that were standing in front of the camera and kind of taking um, credit for that you know 
they would be the villains in my work. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I think, yeah, 28 Days Later, that kind of, I think that that really branded me with its pacing, its structure, its message. Yeah. And that you can have something so kind of far-fetched, if you will, mm-hmm. that it actually feels like it could happen tomorrow. You know, and yeah. like I said, it was that was further kind of blown up for me with the fact that it was filmed kind of almost local. Right. <laughs> now it feels really real. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So it could have only got worse if they'd have filmed it in my house. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but yeah. So just yeah. Great film. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Twenty Eight Days Later. That's a good one. Um, so your next one actually made a couple of, a couple of other lists, but I don't think anyone has said the same stuff yet. So I'll be curious. Uh, that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> deep breath. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it's because you know I think I think it's like the thing is almost like talking about your first love. I think that's why I take a deep breath because it's like it's almost a, it's almost a reli- yeah. it's almost a religious experience for me is. Yeah, this feel, this feels like a, a a group of really cool people made a film for me, okay, specifically, specifically for me and Just what I would enjoy. Right. You know, and it, you know, it's nineteen eighty two. Um, yeah, and you know, and and I've just found like I, I've wrote more notes I think about the thing than anything else. And, okay, and what what basically happened was I I googled the film and got overexcited about facts that I learned about the film and just started scrolling them down like a serial killer. Um so so all of this that I've wrote is probably going to be useless. Um but you know I <laughs> I think I think the thing is probably up there with aliens for how many times I've actually seen it. Mm-hmm. And I watched I watched it again this week mm-hmm. for the gazillionth time. And yeah. you know Kurt Kurt Russell is just like just the just the coolest looking guy. Yeah, he's a badass. Yeah, like he, near the beginning, he he has the most ridiculous. You know, basically telling him to go up in a helicopter in a snowstorm. And yeah, he reacts by putting on the most ridiculous hat, hat. and just saying, <laughs> "Okay, well, let's go." And I don't know why, but <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's anyone else. I don't think there's anyone else in the world that could have put that hat on. And, <laughs> and they just said, "You know what? We'll try again tomorrow." Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, again, it's just it's just everything that I I want to pour into my work. I think. Yeah. Um, I remember quite an early memory um, was that I saw. I remember my dad. I was like literally supposed to be going to bed. Mm-hmm. And I was a kid, and um, he he kind of made some noise because um, I think it's the original. Is it the thing from Outer Space or something along those lines? There's, there's basically a black and white 1950s movie. Yeah, and I I always refer to it as the original. But um, oh yeah, when, when I fell down the thing rabbit hole on Google, it turns out that it's just based. They're based on the same novella from 1930-something. Mm. Um, and so it, 
this this movie came on and this black and white kind of B movie <clears> feel. Um, yeah. Came on. I mean, I'm. I just remember my dad just kind of like looking at me, and I think I was at the bottom of the stairs, ready to go to bed, and I just froze because it was like this eerie music and this Arctic scene, uh-huh. and kind of spaceship crash with really dodgy <clears throat> effects, and he was kind of like looking at me like, "Is he too young to watch this?" He- <laughs> yeah. You know, and he kept looking at the telly and looking at me, and I wasn't going anywhere, and I was thinking. If I if I stand still for long enough, I could probably watch half of this movie. But my dad was just like, I think I seem to remember he like let me kind of watch a little bit of it, yeah, uh, and then was just like, then it was like no, you know. But I just remember it just being a really cool experience of like, yeah, it's not, you know, it's not crazy scary, and, and the monster is pretty ridiculous. Oh yeah, right. It's pretty yeah. ridiculous in actual fact, um, but. Um, John Carpenter actually said he didn't want to make um, the thing because he thought that that movie was absolutely spot on. He was like, he basically thought it couldn't be improved on apart from, quite tellingly, the monster. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, um, apparently Kurt Russell was involved as an advisor in the production of it um, before he was even considered as the lead role. Yeah, so there's, there's 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 quite a lot going on. Um, you know, uh, I mean the fact that it flopped and then later became a cult classic, huge classic. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. And I think I think quite telling for me was um, that they spent. I think it was it had a fifteen million dollar budget, and they spent one point five million on um, special effects. Now, when you watch the thing, you think that is probably the the best spent one point five million in the history of cinema, mm-hmm. because if you take away the effects from that film, it is something else entirely. I mean, that's true. Yeah, I was actually watching it this week, and and you know, the the bit where the guy goes out, you know, rushes out into the snow, and all his hands kind of like got like a claw. Yeah, it's not him anymore. And right. He just kind of like looks at him and gives this really that horrible scream that's just so unearthly and and it was proper like you know I was like oh that is actually really horrible and Kurt Russell just kind of emotionally emotionally like just sets him on fire you know it's not like he's just going away, he's like yeah I'm not going to ask if it's still you I'm just going to set you on fire Which, you know, I think it's perfectly reasonable whenever you say sure. you know yeah. Flying cockroaches and you've got a flamethrower. Just burn the house down. That's um, yeah. <laughs> you know, just just go for it. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I I think again, it's another film where it has those layers to it, um, and and I yeah. think what 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 it is mainly dealing with is paranoia. Yes. Um, because you know, it, it's within it it's within the era of the Cold War. Yeah. And. Although that helicopter um, at the beginning where they're trying to shoot the, the dog, dog. she's mm-hmm. thinking, well, these are the bad guys, but actually they've come from... You realise... They've yeah. just gone through the same shit that's about yeah. that. Um, yeah. And I think they're Norwegian. and But the, the, the attitude towards them is literally that guy literally just shoots the Norwegian in the head, like through the goggles because he's like running around trying to kill this dog it's quite severe so it's like yeah. it's showing you that you know america was really on 
on the guard, especially in places like at the Arctic and that. And Where they, yeah. Yeah, and I, and I think probably they, they may have liked that other research station to be Russia, but it was probably a little bit too close to kind of the political landscape at the time. But basically, I think what they're getting at is, you know, who's the real threat here? Who can you trust? And that goes all the way through the film. You yes. Know, tying each other up, taking these blood swabs and right up until the very end where you've got mm -hmm. you know, two of the characters and it's like, which which one's the thing? Are they both the thing? Are neither of them the thing? And they're just kind of both they're freezing to death. Just kind of, I guess we'll see, you know, kind of yeah. attitude. Um, and I just love, um, I just love that that theme runs the whole way through it, you know, yeah. and, and, and that um, it's just so obvious, you know, it's so basic. Mm -hmm. This is what it is. Uh, you know, for the full thing, and and it's this kind of almost cautionary tale of trust and and lack of, um, and yeah, and I mean, it's just it's just it really is a masterpiece. Um, I'm a yeah, I'm a big John Carpenter fan. Yeah, and, me too. You know, uh, there's loads. I mean, God, there's just loads of interesting stuff. But it's not really why it's influenced me. It's more like facts about the thing. And I would just say, you know, it's interesting that, um, you know, Carpenter's approach to it was slightly different to quite a lot of his other stuff. Other stuff. And I think probably because he was trusted with a bit more of a budget than he usually was. Oh, sure. Yeah. He also had doubts about it and also they'd had several different writers and directors before and um, they've been trying to make it since like the mid 70s i think um yeah but also i mean all those it's it shot in part i think in um alaska but obviously for the kind of outdoor stuff but uh, I, I learned yeah. that all, all the kind of internal kind of set stuff it was actually in refrigeration units in la where they you know they, they were literally filming in freezers and i did know that yeah it's so yeah. cool i just i just it's one of those it's like it's that cool a film that yeah even the, even the making of it is cool it's not just a cool film for the acting and the story and the it's narrative. all the other stuff the too. Actual, yeah behind the scenes stuff is so cool even the you know the soundtrack yeah. carpenter used you know how many cool soundtracks has he done and he didn't do it you know he he, he got that um any old Morricone, who's probably name I've mispronounced, he did all the spaghetti westerns and then, yeah, you know, and then through to blockbusters. Um, because yeah. he got him involved because he wanted a European um theme, like this mm -hmm. kind of European va cinema vibe. Mm -hmm. It's like he wanted to be taken a bit more seriously with it, yeah. So for then to for it to kind of flop must have been really disappointing for him, but um, ultimately you know he stood the test of time and like i say i watched it this week and it's still like wow it's still and, good yeah you know massively kind of bridges the gap between horror and science fiction a little bit and also what is a massive motivation for me is a kind of social and political commentary which always will always infiltrate my work um yeah yeah um i, I like to think i'm not too heavy-handed with it and i don't think the thing is either it's no. kind of it's that's the backdrop um but yeah it's just fantastic as a structure to use that really yeah is. i think um i've seen i i rewatched this 
couple months ago when it was on somebody else's um influential list and um and it and it's like so i'm i'm kind of a sucker for practical effects in general i prefer that to to you know cgi and this overuse of like of all this added in stuff and edited out and all these kind of mm -hmm. things and i think that like even even with you know what we can do now like it doesn't make it it was another one that i felt like held up really well like it doesn't make it any any less effective because it was practical effects in the 80s like it doesn't change any of the way that you're looking at these you know from the from the dog from the first time you see the dog to when you're seeing you know all these things later and i and i and it's another one too like you said i i really like the the relationship stuff i think it's it was really smart to give us that taste of the relationships before things went to shit because then you yeah. get to see this like these this joking friendly like brotherly interactions with all these people who are you know out here working in this place all they have is each other and then just just how quick yeah. it turned when things got really scary and bad and uncertain. And, um, and, and I love, and I think the ending is like, is probably one of my favorite horror movie endings of like all time. I love yeah. the ending. Yeah. It's, it's unbeatable. Um, yeah. I like to say about the effects. Yeah. You know, I think like kind of younger generations probably look at those effects and like probably laugh. Um, but from my point of view, I mean, like watching it again, and it's just gross. It really, so you know, gross, it's yeah. so like the skin, you know, where the guy's head comes off and it's like, you know, stretching and the latex is stretching and, and it's, things, yeah, yeah, coming out. It, it, you can't do that with CGI, you know, you can't get that same kind of practical effects like that. I think, you know, for and I think what how else it helps is it lends to the kind of unearthly what the hell is this thing you know it's not trying to make it look too real it looks unrealistic because it's not of this world because and, and it, that, yeah that fuels that kind of what is this this is this what am i you know what the hell is this and there's that almost comical bit with the head where it grows the legs and, and it like tries little, to sneak yeah. out, it tries to sneak out the door and they all kind of go you know look at it <laughs> and then, again setting on fire because that's like yeah, and, yeah, to. <laughs> love it. Uh, yeah, and I love it. And, I, and what I forgot about the film, and I, I, I realized this time round, was I think um, for like the last 20 minutes, you proper lose sight of who's running out of what door, and they've got the hoods up. And it's like it becomes like um, those like yeah. kind of wacky mirror kind of, you know, the fun for. <laughs> And, and you don't know where they're going, and and people right. looking out the window and going, "Oh, where's he going?" And then the next thing, they're going somewhere, and you're like, I, "Yeah." And you become part of this kind of puzzle yeah. of now I have no clue because I've not been yeah. able to. I haven't kept my eyes on any of these. Mm -hmm. At some point, they could have got, you know, got done by this thing, and and I didn't realize that I think until rewatching it this time mm -hmm. was how clever it is that purposely the editing just speeds up quite a lot to it's just literally just a group of them running to four corners of this camp and yeah. then when they get somewhere they're like oh where's he oh where's he gone and then, and <laughs> yeah. that, and then the next thing it just feels like scooby-doo where like they're all running <laughs> and, just and, and you're just like i was watching it just thinking oh god I, I don't know what's going on and and then just when it starts getting a bit too chaotic it's kind yeah. of the end you know the end yeah. scenes of them trying to destroy it and then yeah you know everything being on fire 
Yeah. As they just sit outside and wait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To freeze to death. Cause yeah. Because they're not going to be saved at this point. So yeah. yeah. And they're like, and they're basically like, well, we can't let this thing live. So this we need the to option. die. Yeah. 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 So cool. Yeah. I actually, um, I just did an episode yesterday for another channel with um, Scott Harding. He does the you run podcast. He's actually from your neck of the woods. Oh, wow. um yeah must so be very, must be a very cool guy yeah <laughs> you know he's okay no he was he's awesome but but he one of the things i don't remember oh we were talking about the movie leviathan have you seen that one it's literally alien and the thing underwater it's literally like like it's <laughs> It's I I, don't, I feel like I shouldn't ruin it. I feel like you should go watch it. Yeah, I'll, but I'll, it's um it came out I'm in '89. God, have I seen it? No, I probably it, haven't. I probably it's haven't. straight. It's straight ripped from the thing in Alien. Yeah, yeah. But we, I think, because we were doing a review on that movie, we ended up talking about Alien and the thing. Mm. And one of the one of the things that he brought up was this thing of like you really don't ever really even know what the thing is, which is obviously like the entire point, right? Mm. But it, yeah. it's like when it when it goes through all of these changes, it just gradually gets more and more unsettling. Mm -hmm. between like just adding to your point about this chaotic scenes where you're like, you don't know who's doing what or what's happening. And it's like, it's, you already, do, there's already so much that you don't know that you can't keep up with. And I think that that was a really great leap, like entrance into the ending of the film. It was really well done because all of those things work really well together to create this atmosphere of this like confusion and chaos and isolation. And like, well, yeah. like this is the end, you know, like this is it. So exactly. Yeah. And, and, and with the creature side of it, you know, you could read yeah. my trilogy. You could read my trilogy and be like, he definitely likes the thing. Yeah. Uh, you know? Yeah. So when I saw this was on your list, I was like, okay, I probably could have guessed yeah. that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, clearly, my, clearly, my publisher thought it was about werewolves, and you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they put that on the cover, and I'm like, it's you know, kind of my fault because, you know, I I, I remember a video call. Um, to Iowa and me trying to explain, <laughs> trying to explain these creatures, and and they were just kind of looking at me like, "Please, I've got to tell an artist how to draw this thing." And I was just like, "So it's got this kind of embryonic sack on its side, and and yeah." So I knew there wasn't, you know. I think the journey for the creatures, um, and I think sometimes I'm, I'm quite vague about the creature. And, and I think that I get that from the thing because I think going, you know, with your point there, it's ambiguous, purposely yeah. ambiguous, because I want you to put what terrifies you into it. Um, not in a kind of lazy way, but whenever I read things, that's what works for me the best. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I don't, you know, at first what kind of seems like, a straightforward kind of genetic thing is actually not is this thing from another dimension is it from hell is it mm -hmm. you know science gone bad and it's like I, you know and i think the thing allows you to because the ending is so kind of open yeah it, it allows you to project whatever you want on the thing whatever you kind of just because obviously it shows you know the alien ship crashing um and then right you've dug like some sort of but yeah you know did that alien crash because the thing had killed it 
You yes. Know? Or yeah. is it the yeah. actual alien? Um, yeah. You know, certainly in the original in the 50s, the, I think they interpreted it more as in it was an alien and the alien, right. you know, the threat. Um, and like you say, nobody really knows what the hell it you is. Don't. It doesn't try to explain it. And I think that's one of its biggest, biggest strengths. And that is one of its biggest influences on me. Was yeah. Actually, you can do that. You don't have to say this is uh, a complete this, outline you know, of right. Put it in this box. You know that. Right. That was the whole point for me. Um, and 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 again, a kind of landmark moment for my kind of growth. Um, yeah. In 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 with, from just from an, the spark of the imagination of that. Um, yeah. And I think, and to your point, I think it's definitely effective when reading um, about your creatures because I, I've even told you what it reminded me of. Because, like, yeah. I looked, I thought werewolves too. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, and, but you, I think you will do if it's got yeah. a werewolf on the front. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> but having said that, I do think once you get to that part where it starts to describe them for the first time, and then you go through this journey of learning what they're like and what they look like, and all of those other pieces that I won't. Put, I won't say right now, but it's like um, you do get your own. There, there's enough information there to take away. Okay, not werewolves, right? And then you you yeah. kind of start getting you put the pieces together, and how they come together is going to be different based on the reader, which I think makes, in my opinion, if you're going to read something horror related, I think that makes it more effective because your own worst enemy when it comes to fear is your imagination. So whatever you're plugging yeah. in is going to amp up anything that you're reading about or looking at or thinking about. Yeah. All the writers that we aspire to. Yeah. Are the ones that, you know, lead you by the hand to a situation that yeah. will allow, that will allow your imagination to run wild. You only get scared in real life because your imagination kicks in and you start thinking of scenarios. All these crazy things. You know? Yeah. You make, you make the coat in the corner look like a figure. Nobody mm -hmm. else does. Right. <laughs> you know, so. That's, that's true. What, that, that's what we aspire to. You know, that's what, you know, the great writers out there, that's what they do. They take you so far and then it's, they cut you adrift. It's up to you. And yeah. you're on your own. And that's well, where the yeah. really kicks in. Yeah. And I think the other thing that I always talk about, especially with monster movies, whether you want to include aliens in that or however you want to look at it, but I know there's always that weird line of the two, but um, is that there's sometimes when you go see these movies or you, um, or you watch shows or whatever that have monsters or creatures or whatever in them. And there's this, um, and it's too much in your face. You become oversaturated and that concept of like fear and the unexplainable or that uncertainty, like a lot of it goes away because it's so black and white. It's yeah. like, well, you know, I know a hundred percent that's what this, you know, whatever looks like. And it's, I like that it's, I like things that aren't like that, which is another yeah. reason the thing works really well, because no matter what version of it you're seeing, it's not going to look like what you just saw 15 minutes ago. Yeah. And that is like that constant change of not knowing what you're actually dealing with. It's, it's just really effective. It's really smart. Yeah. yeah. So cool. It is. Uh, yeah. So that takes us to your last one, which is uh, Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, um, <laughs> I don't. I, I just. I'll just keep doing this before. Like I don't think I've used my notes on any of them. So <laughs> I, I, Does that I, mean there's things you wanted to say you didn't get to? I, only all of it. I'm. I'm just, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I, I, <laughs> I, and I'm going to carry on with this facade 
that you know that I'm reading from a notes um, <laughs> when actually from this distance I can't actually read what's on it. So and then because I'm too, I don't want to be like this. So yeah, um, yeah, Dawn of the Dead, the original. Um, yes, is it? It's like a year older than me, um, and that kind of. That was the one where, you know, very young Adam watching on a very small TV when he should have been asleep in his bedroom. <laughs> and, and, and and that's when, you know, young Adam scared himself half to death, but also fell in love with the zombie genre. This is where it all started. And, you know, um, George A. Romero, um, he, for me, was the kind of, is the, godfather of, of of the zombie genre um and to be honest i think what i forgot because again i watched this um more recently mm -hmm. um because probably that's i've watched it so many times that i have i'd literally i think i've took it like a 15 year break from watching it so i hadn't okay. seen it i hadn't seen it in a oh, long wow. time yeah and, and what struck me watching it this time was because this is literally setting the rules for zombie films there are things that happen in the film mm -hmm. that no zombie films do anymore because there are things that don't work um and what i mean by that is the the scenes were for example there's the biker gang in the mall oh. and there's lots of extras at this point and what you find is because there's a kind of a lot of different extras being used. Mm -hmm. Some of them are absolutely terrible at the job. <laughs> right. So now if I said to, you know, you and three of your friends, I'm making a zombie film. Mm -hmm. I want it to be zombies. Uh, you would go along and you would know exactly how to act because you know what a zombie is because sure. You've just been immersed in zombie culture. You know how, to, and then when someone kills you, you know how you die and how you sure. move. There are extras throughout this film that have no idea what a zombie is, and some of them die in quite unusual ways and move very unlike zombies move. So some of them yeah. have kind of, I think, had the pep talk from, you know, Uncle George, um, and, then, <laughs> and then there's some that are just like. You know, I think they've just drafted in, and 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 some of it doesn't. There's kind of these laws and rules with zombie films, mm -hmm. and Twenty Eight Days Later obviously broke some of those rules yes. for the better. For the better. For the, there, yeah. are moment, there are moments in um, Dawn of the Dead where, because these rules are only just being set, mm -hmm. and this is how important a movie it is. It's literally, mm -hmm. you know, setting up what is going to follow for the whole genre some yeah. of the things that actually get left behind in that movie which is quite interesting to watch now um there's obviously you know even down to there's the guy who gets bit um and rather than keep it from him he oh. you know, the you know the, the the literally wheelbarrowing him around while he's shooting zombies and still trying to be part of until it comes time until to, it's time yeah you know to, to kind of execute him yeah. um, um 
I've actually got I've got my Dawn of the Dead um, T-shirt on today as well. This is a very I see that unusual one because it's, all it is is just the symbol that's yeah for the news team on the helicopter. So, that's cool. I don't, why, I don't know why I'm all chuffed about that, but I'm like as if I've made it. But yeah, I just yeah. Well, I don't have a Dawn of the Dead, but I do have a Night of the Living Dead that I made. <laughs> that's that's pretty. I have um, a Night of the Living Dead T-shirt that I will be wearing when we do zombie films oh cool i'll probably already, do yeah. this one again actually no i have a i have a voices shirt that has zombie body parts and weapons on it. i'll probably wear that one for a zombie video but yeah i didn't have i, 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 don't, I don't know why i'm coming across as some sort of kind of lady gaga figure of outfit changes and you know <laughs> but he wasn't expecting me to be on about like what you know what <laughs> Look, you're I'm just, a like, you're just like Adam. Just tell me about the film. I no, care. I'm like so. I'm like a t-shirt junkie. One of these days, I'm probably gonna uh, mostly because I can make them, but also just because like I have like an obsession with horror t-shirt. It's pretty ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I like. I probably am gonna do a t-shirt video at some point, just because I just have I have so many. But yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah. I like your shirt. Thank you. <laughs> that's all I wanted. <laughs> we can move yeah. on now yeah, that's, that's the only reason why i agreed and one one hour, one hour four it. minutes one hour four minutes it's up um but yeah um anyway i'll get back to the film um yeah again uh this was very much a very i mean it's renowned for being a social commentary even down to the fact that his interpretation of visiting this huge shopping mall and mm -hmm. seeing the way that human beings were behaving. Yeah. That they, this is where this idea of zombies kind of, you know, that the, it was what would they do if they turned into zombies? Would they just carry on and still think that they were shopping? And there's just lots of that throughout where because they're trapped inside this shopping mall and the ones that are trapped outside are desperately trying to get back into the mall and yeah. it's like you know and it, it's like when the shop shopping centers first open and you always get those people who are just desperate to get to the sale and like black friday kind of and it, and it ready to and kill it, somebody over a yeah sale. And, yeah 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 and it, it it's just great that um not only is on one level it's just such an important movie for the genre and what yeah. I spoke about with setting the standard and the rules and yeah. the dynamics. Um, and it's also because it, again, like I think any horror movie worth its salt, it has that kind of social commentary um, that is usually quite cynical towards human mm -hmm. behavior. Yeah. You know, and then, yeah. And I think that, you know, Dawn of the Dead very much captures that kind of greedy kind of essence um i think the biker thing is kind of a probably the, you know it's not the it's not the best part but, sure uh, i think um i think that's in there so they could give um tom uh, savini is it the makeup guy the, the special effects guru that's the and one mm -hmm. he turns up as a biker and i think it was just a case of george kind of writing him into it because obviously he does and did so much for him on a kind of special effects level. Yes. Um, yeah, he's a genius. Yeah. Yeah. It's just unfortunate yeah. that some of the um, 
some of the bikers in it are just so cringy now when you watch it. Uh, That's valid, yeah. Yeah, but you know, I think it was very much of its era. It was late seventies, and there was that, and also I think <clears throat> it was a, a way of showing again the decline of society that these people were just. I think what sickened the other main characters was that they were hunting zombies for sport, and yeah, having, and having fun, and they were kind of looking at yeah. it like you know they were humans once and. It's really this disgusting behaviour of just, mm -hmm. you know, this kind of just hunting them and having and being all boisterous and drunk and laughing and yeah, you know, I think that's why it's in the. Some of it's not great, but I get yeah. why. I get why it's in the, um, because it's supposed to be for the other main characters to be quite disheartening and a reason why they need to get out of the shopping mall. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think, and one of the things, so did you like the remake by, yeah, no, I agree. The Zack Snyder Dawn of the Dead, 2004. Did you like that one? Yeah. I, um, you know, for something that is a remake <clears throat> of something that I hold so dear. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm asking. Be, you'd think it would be a recipe for disaster, but actually I think um, it does some stuff really well. Mm -hmm. Um Obviously, it's a lot more, being Zack Snyder, it's a lot more focused on the action and the mm -hmm. kill count. Um, mm -hmm. But, yes, yeah, so, I mean, some of the scenes in it are, you know, are really good. And, obviously, um, you've got you've got a strong female lead there. Um, the nurse. Yeah, which is kind of taken from um, the female lead from the original. It was just still there was elements where she was almost being in the original, having mm -hmm. to be kind of dragged out of herself a little bit. Yeah. To the point where I think by the end she could kind of make difficult decisions and hold her own. She was still a bit of a kind of scream queen kind of. Yeah. 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 So I think for the original, that side of it was better. That. Um, yeah. Um, was it the nineties? I think. Oh. The new one or the remake? Yeah. Two thousand four. Yeah. What was it? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I think one of the biggest things for me with the two is I think the one from two thousand and four had to kind of spoon feed you some of the social pieces. Like it wasn't as hmm. You know, you weren't able to just experience it and go like and pick up on it and and get through it on your own. Like there yeah. were conversations about why people were coming to the malls. There's conversations yeah. about and it's like um, which is very um, slasher esque. Cause that's what slashers do. They take all this yeah. information and they just like give it to yeah. you on this platter. But um, yeah, I was just curious, given that this was on your list, what you thought of the, the 2004 one. Yeah, I watched that not not that long ago. Again, actually. Yeah, um, and I, I think it does a lot of things well. You know, I think the you know the effects are great. I think you know when her husband turns in the beginning and there's a little kid just kind of arrives in the doorway of the bedroom. It's you know, and then he's she's trying to get out the bathroom window, and it's like pretty intense. And it's it like is. it's a bit twenty eight days later, really. It's it quite. Is. It's, it does have, you know, that fast pace of yeah. what, you, what you're not used to. Yeah. So I think what you gain with that is this kind of more action, fast paced, oh God, feeling. 
But like you said, I agree. Romero was very good at being subtle with the kind of social side of it and the message. Um, he was very strong in, in his vision for it. Um, yeah. Which I don't think is Snyder's kind of strong point. It's not how he's made his name. But sure. I, 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 I see it more as a standalone movie. You know, yeah, I, I can agree with that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel the same know, way. Yeah, you can enjoy them both for what they are. Um, sure, I really like the kind of um post credits kind of scene, um, of of uh Zack Snyder's one where they're well, kind of like on the boat and they like... get to an island and then it's literally <laughs> oh. as soon as they get there, they're just getting like zombies just sprinting at them and. It's clearly like, ooh, did they survive? Didn't, did they all get killed? Like, what and, happens? Yeah. yeah I, I, I do feel that that was kind of there as they were going to do a sequel. Yeah, um, I actually thought so too. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's a lot stronger than I remember. Um, and I, w I would say if you love the original and you were kind of always put off watching it, I, I, I'd give it a go. It's yeah. A lot, it's a lot better than quite a lot of horror <laughs> no quite yeah a, i agree a lot better than a lot of zombie movies um definitely yeah. um it's yeah i mean it's great when they get in the vans and they're trying to kind of drive through big crowds yeah. and, and that yeah and that's kind of where the visual kind of feast that i think Zack snyder excels at um it's just you know the scale of it is quite ooh, wow <laughs> yeah really is not many people left um and i think he did that by crowding the frame with zombies yeah. whereas whereas romero did that sense of desolation by there being nothing um you know i think romero was like there's nothing it's all gone whereas mm -hmm. i think Zack snyder was like look how many zombies there are <laughs> <laughs> you know, everyone's a zombie apart from these six people <laughs> You know, I think that was kind of the way he yeah. approached it. Yeah, you know? yeah. No, I agree. But you know that that's that's Mr. Snyder for you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Completely different person. That's definitely true. Yeah. yeah. Cool. That's your list. I'm gonna talk about your books for a second, if that's okay. Yeah, of course it is. Oh. <laughs> I, I kept trying uh, to. I keep. I felt like I kept trying to talk about them, and I was like, "Why am I talking about my books? Shut up." Well, no, these are, um, these are your influential, you know, picks. Like I, I, I was, I, I just assumed that that would be kind of part of the conversation. I just had to keep my commentary down because I knew I was going to want to talk about them at the end too. So I was just trying okay. to keep like myself, like, and let you explain how that connects to your writing without me being like, yeah. And when you do this and this and like, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, my bookmark, so I don't lose it. Okay. So these are the two that I have, which mm -hmm. is, you know, the cursed case, which is the first one. And then the cursed creatures, which is the second one. Yeah. Um, and the third one is out on Kendall. Yeah. The cursed clones, clones. Is, the, is the final book. Um, but what I will say is those two books. Um, can stand alone without the third. Um, okay. The third is, you know, um, <laughs> within the same universe, within sure. the same, you know, the context is the, 
and there are some reoccurring characters okay from those two books okay that are, that, are, that are central characters in the cursed clones okay and, um, the cursed clones is my aliens basically the cursed clones okay. is these people who are involved in the cursed creatures the second book mm -hmm. are never going to recover until all of this goes away mm -hmm. and it becomes a situation of uh, more of an action-packed um, one side versus another side okay um, there's still there's a you know there's a a lot of it is about the military in mm -hmm. regards to my commentary on that and my feelings mm -hmm. about that various aspects of the military anyway um, yeah but yeah because cursed caves and the cursed creatures were a novel that i wrote that was one novel okay um, and when raventail um publisher publishers read it they basically asked you know the kind of thing is more book series rather okay. than releasing novels and would i have a problem with you know um splitting it into two books which would obviously mean just a little bit of kind of finding it wasn't a case of finding the middle and going there you go ripping it in half and going there's, there's two books yeah, yeah. I, felt, I felt like doing that um but right yeah well, that explains why the second one literally picks up yeah where the first one ends yeah it was even obviously before i did a little bit of rewriting it was even worse you know it would have just been you know huh. terrible uh like <clears throat> it would have just been the next paragraph that should have been in the first book was right just, <laughs> yeah. so in in a, in a sense it was more difficult than just saying right i'm gonna write you know thirty thousand words about that now i'm gonna start gotcha. again and do thirty thousand you know i'd wrote 70 odd thousand words um as a novel which yeah. was like you know that was my kind of big um achievement that was the monkey on my back you know you'll never do it you keep starting you never finish and i was like right start middle and end i'm gonna do it and i did yeah it. i did it and then someone was you know then i've got the only kind of publisher interested in me was like cutting in half <laughs> and i was like okay um, <laughs> so you know part of me you know i was so so you know and don't get me wrong they've been great with me and yeah so pleased um yeah you know, to get published you know yeah. wasn't what i was kind of setting out to do when i wrote the thing it was just mm. when i finished it was like right well let's see what happens um, yeah and I didn't, you know, didn't know what I was doing, and I was kind of writing query letters and sending, um, sending a book about, you know, cursed creatures to people who um, want romantic novels from female authors only, right. <laughs> and, and, and then, you know, and then trying to like reply <clears throat> to me in a polite way when deep down I could tell them was like they were just basically wanting to say don't send us this shit you asshole 
<laughs> so, so it was a steep learning curve because I didn't even know where to send it. Um, oh, I'm uh, sure, yeah. So yeah, um, but you know, all the pieces are kind of there. Of I think most of what we spoke about in my influential movies, there are yeah, pieces. Yeah, I would agree. You know, the, the, there are pieces there. Um, you know, if I could get away with just writing the thing out in a book and pretending it's my own, I'd, I'd do it. Um, yeah. I don't care. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, what I say to people is that the first two are kind of standalone and the Cursed Clones, which is only out on Kindle at the moment, is the right. cherry on top. Okay. Because what I got when people had finished the Cursed Creatures was kind of, you know, because of the way that it ends, was like, is there gonna be more? Is there gonna be more? And you know, um, and thankfully there was a kind of call for more. Oh, and, sure. thank yeah. and thankfully, you know, Raven Tail were like, will you do more? Um, That's awesome. And, yeah. And I did have kind of, I was a bit like, I'll do one. I'll do one more. Um, only because I've got so many different ideas um, and I don't want to just be stuck in this. A trilogy is enough for me. I don't want to be 12 books down the line. Yeah. The same, yeah. same characters and the same creatures. I just... I hear you. Again, yeah. it, goes back, it goes back to what I enjoy. Um, and yeah. if, I'm not, if I'm not enjoying it, I'm just not going to do it. Um, yeah. But that has ultimately led to Raventail then asking me to write... Um, a separate creature feature for them, which is what you know. I'm nearly at the end of yeah. writing the first of two. This time, I'm only going to write two, so maybe next time I'll only write one, <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually I'll be like, I'm not writing anything, <laughs> you know, yeah. and then realize I'm only hurting myself. <laughs> these yeah. um, these were I I really liked the first one. I'm really liking the second one. I am like halfway. I literally like. Oh, I'm such a slow reader, <laughs> but like, I'm literally oh, wow. like, I'm at halfway for like this one Yeah, for creatures. And then, um, clones is going to be my book club book for May. So I'll have to, um, suck it up and get it digitally. <laughs> yeah, really it's, you know, it, it, it's so bad because, um, there's, there's such a delay from having it on Kindle to having it released, from my experience, released, yeah. as, released as a paperback. Yeah. Um, that I was so, so happy when, you know, I, I, I got published. Um, and then everyone that I knew was like, oh, I'll wait for the book to come out. And I was just like, I don't even know if a book is going to come out. Maybe it'll just be on Kindle. <laughs> And like people yeah. just yeah, I like I like books. I'll wait for the book, and I'm like, yeah, see you in 15 years. When you yeah, and so. you know it's and you know it's true. There is there is something to be said for both, but digital makes a lot of sense now. Like it just does. Like one of the reasons I I was trying there's this one there's I already finished my book club book, but I have one book that I'm trying really hard to finish by the 5th of April for a video I'm doing with the person who wrote it. I'm trying so hard to get through it, and it is for somebody who's not a big yeah. reader yet, like it's big. And yeah. so, um, and I had, I taken it to work because that's what I do at work. And I, um, I was like, I left it 
And I couldn't, I couldn't do anything about the fact that I left it and I wasn't going to go back to work to get it. And I was like, I need to start out in the second book anyway. So then I started it thinking I would get, you know, just like a little ways into it. And then when I was getting ready, like I like was reading before I went to sleep, I was like, shit, I'm like halfway through this book already. And it's good. No, I'd love it. No, it's too. And, and I think part of it is like getting used to the ritual of reading is getting better for me too. So I'm, I'm doing it faster, but I specifically, um, and I know I put this in my review. So you've already, you know, that I've said this, but I like reading cursed caves was what made me want to become more of a reader because I got so into it so fast. And I was like, did I like, I was like getting excited to when my next opportunity to read was, which is something I hadn't felt since I was like a teenager. I just, I dropped off reading for so long. I used to be a super avid reader. Um, but, but the indie horror writing community is such a big part of my community. And I'm trying, like, I just, I want to be able to be involved in projects that you guys are doing and help promote the stuff that you're doing. And I love the stuff that you guys do. And so, but yeah, it's like, it was, it was, I was so crazy, like surprised at how fast I was getting through the second one. And I'm like, that makes yeah. me like really excited. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really, it is so cool to hear that. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Being a writer can be quite a lonely place sometimes. And oh, I'm sure there's a lot of self doubt. Um, and you yeah. know, it's, it's it's great to hear you know when people enjoy you know enjoy your work and you know and I'm so I'm so flattered by some of the things that you know you said in regards to yeah. hey you've got your kind of hunger for reading again um, yeah yeah I'm I'm glad you enjoyed the second I think the yeah. second the second is the second is probably a better book than the first um, but that is like I said it was a novel so literally you it, are. It, <laughs> In the, the second book, you were reading kind of the payoff of, of you know, the first part. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Cursed Caves has, I think, plenty of action in. Um, no, probably, yeah. more, probably more action than a lot of stuff has um, anyway. Um, but yeah. I think there's kind of a lot of questions are answered in the kind of in creatures. And obviously, yeah. the longer you, you the longer you read about a particular character, you're more invested in that character. And, you know, mm -hmm. The more you're going to care and the more you know you're going to hate various people and the more of an idea you'll have about what the creature is makes sense yeah i think um i think they're both fast paced but i think creatures is definitely faster yeah, yeah. like i thought i thought i thought cursed caves was quick like it felt quick and yeah. then I got to the second one and I was like, oh, this one's even faster. Yeah. And that's, and I mean that that's a, that's a compliment. Yeah. Like it's, but it's just, it's so it's like, it's kind of, it's kind of like reading a movie because you're like getting to these bigger things and everything is picking up pace and, and, and there's, and you're getting more of that story and you're learning more and like all these things are changing. And um, yeah. yeah. And I, uh, no, I'm, I'm loving them there. I'm excited to, to finish the second one and to see, uh, to check out uh, clones when I get there. Yeah. Like I say, clones is my aliens. Clones is that makes me excited. Yeah, clones, clones is is like I've been given a big budget, and you know I'm going to take it from Alien to just be like, here's a group of people. Let's give them loads of guns, and let's go and let's see what happens. Let's go and take them to there, and 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 these creatures have actually developed even more. Um, yeah, and you know, it's a do or die, and and. But again, for me, it's very 
kind of motivated by uh, human interaction. Yeah. It's just, you know, it, yeah, I think people can be quite, like I interact with a lot of people that I know are like, I'm not going to read his books. <laughs> because I think that, you know, because I think there's an idea of, of what my books are um, okay. before any, before you've read anything about it. And, and I think sometimes when I talk about it, fast pace, action, um, yeah. you know, military, things like mm -hmm. that, people think, well, that's not really my kind of thing. But from my point of view, you know, a key character is a National Guardsman who's actually you know had his whole world turned upside down in in his in his love for the military and you know it it's like a relationship has has ended for him and and it changes the guy um, yeah. and his belief system and he's just an inherently a good guy um yeah. you know and and also you know i in 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 Laura Rollins I, I i've got my ripley in the you know she's my ripley she's I love her. You know, goes from being, you know, kind of just super clever, um, but not really streetwise, to being wounded and vulnerable, but absolutely kick ass because, you know, she is so heroic that she takes full responsibility on her shoulder for, what? for yeah. what's happened. And this is my mess and I'm going to clean it up. And that's what I got from aliens, you know, that kind of, you know, the, the people that stand tall. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like cool. I say, there's, yeah. there's aspects of, of all those films in my work. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. The thing was the one that I was like, yep, I definitely see that one, but yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm going to, um, I guess we'll wrap up so we can do our other one. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I'm going to put um, all of your information and where to find your books in the description for the video for people to go find and check out on your socials. That's right. And uh, and the links to your um, to your books as well. Um, yeah. So thanks for doing your influential. I it's it, it, the hearing influential horror from people who write horror is always like crazy fascinating, especially obviously because I've read. I'm in the process of reading, you know, everything that that's out so far. And it's like, uh, it's just crazy to, to be able to see the the parallels. So that was cool. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for uh, firing questions at me. I did I do okay. <laughs> <laughs> we made it through our glitches, at least. It's probably going to happen again in the other one. But <laughs> yeah, but let's add, you know, let's add another time zone in. That'll help. It is a different time zone, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's going to be on his stream yard. Maybe uh, it's probably not going to make a difference, but we'll see. What <laughs> we'll but, at see least, what but, but, but at least we can blame him. Yeah, see, I like the way you think. That works for me. Um, yeah, okay. So we'll take, um, I'm just going to take a break and get some water, and then I guess I'll see you on the other video. Yep. Yeah. Sounds cool. good. All right, cool. I'll see you in a minute then. See you in a bit. <laughs> All right. Bye. Yeah, so that was my Five Influential Horror with Adam Hulse, author of The Cursed Caves, The Cursed Creatures, and now Cursed Clones. Um, again, all of his information is below. Adam is a super funny guy, very down to earth, very like, you know, we we like him in our in our circle. So um, definitely check him out. 
follow him on Twitter. All of that stuff's going to be below. And uh, yeah, hope you guys have a good rest of your week. Enjoy weekend and I'll see you in the next one.